Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just wait a minute there. On the air, baby. My name is Darian. I've returned. I've returned again for another week of horror bullshit. Coming right at your face. It's just me again, inmates. I'm sorry about that. Um, I think it might have something to do with my personal hygiene at this point. I, th- I thought I was doing good with the showers and the soap and the scrubbing and the hose downs. I went through a car wash the other day my, with, without a car. I just ran through real quick. I don't know what the problem is, to be honest with you, but um, it's just me again. Sorry about that. Uh, I got a pretty goddamn stupid show lined up for you. We're going to talk about tomatoes. I've fucking had it with the tomatoes, boys, but we're going to do it anyway. Goddamn killer tomatoes. (laughs) Speaking of tomatoes, we're going to start the team's division of the Terra Dome tonight. It's going down tonight. We're going to have our first fight. I still haven't picked a team. I will uh, figure that out before we get to that part of the show, though. In the meantime, my friends, I've got all the regular stuff to get into. i got horror news. i got listener mail. i got uh, all kinds of movies to talk about. I actually got some in this week. Uh, my in-laws are in town, and they are clogging up the works. God damn it. You know how they, you know how they do it? I love my in-laws. Don't get me wrong. But whenever they're here, life as we know it just has to screech to a fucking halt as brothers and sisters and cousins and nephews all just fucking congregate in my living room so that nobody in this house can get a goddamn thing done. It's beautiful. I love it. God damn it. (laughs) All right, enough about my personal horror story. Uh, Why don't we kick things off with a little of the old horror news, you maniacs. Horror news. Booyah! Oh, excuse me, what do we got here? Shudder! You know it, you love it, you probably subscribe to it. If you don't, you're probably using my username and password, which I'm 100% okay with. Uh, Shudder is having their halfway to Halloween special this month. Apparently April is... The apex of of halfway to Halloween. So they put a bunch of new movies on there. uh, And then they give you a 50% discount if you want to go the legitimate route and actually pay for for it and, you know, support that company, which you should. 
They put out good products. They bring us good good horror films. You should get you. And if you are using mine, I, my username and password, I wish you would consider uh, paying for it your goddamn self. <laughs> if but if you don't, that's fine too. By all means, continue to use mine. Uh, halfway to Halloween, dudes. I'm into it. Can I start putting up my decorations yet? No, my wife won't let me, as she probably shouldn't. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, man. God damn, do I love me some Halloween. But not only that, it's not just Halloween per se, because that's only, if you think about it, that really boils down to like three hours. And it's one night, and you go out in the neighborhood, and you fuck around for three hours, and then you come home with some candy, and you're good. It's it, you got to make more of it than just that. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a party. You got to have like your friends over in costumes. Uh, you got to try to get thir- go 31 for 31 with the horror movies in October. I try to stretch it out, for, like starting in like late August, if my wife will let me get away with it. Like because that's uh, right after her birthday. That's when I start with the uh, bring. Well, what I do is I bring all the the decorations down from the attic. And then I just leave them in the garage. I let them simmer there. I see if she's going to notice. And then me and the kids, like, you know, when she goes to the store, we'll put up a little spider web and we won't say anything. And we'll break out the big candy bowl and we won't say anything. You can buy, you, hey, these days you go to Michael's like August 1st. They've already got the Halloween shit up and it's gone by like September 15th. So you got to get in there quick. You got to spend at least a thousand dollars, and you got to you got to. What I'm saying is, you got to stretch out the Halloween pretty much to encompass the whole fall season, and I feel like that should include November also, because November is actually quite a bit more depressing than October. It's colder, it's bleaker, it's not quite usually snowing yet, it's not quite Christmas wintry time, but it's knocking on the door, and that fucking sucks. And uh, if you're like in my shoes. Your football team is already done for the year by November, so really you got nothing to look forward to after that except maybe Christmas shopping, because that's something to look forward to. All right, goddammit. Shutter, halfway to Halloween. Check it out. You're going to love that shit. Speaking of Halloween, Spirit Halloween stores. That's another thing, man. They open up like September 1st, and you, you gotta, if you're going to go in there, you're looking at two grand easy just on, uh, you know, uh, fake weapons. And uh, we're not even talking about decorations. We're talking about um, like coffee mugs, cool horror movie t-shirts. They have that. I don't know if you, you're aware of that, but they do have like horror movie stuff that you can buy. Uh, they're actually making a, a movie this year also. Spirit Halloween Stores is going to make a movie and it's going to star Christopher Lloyd. So I'm feeling right. I'm getting right off the the tip of my tongue here. I don't think it's going to be a horror movie. I feel like it's going to be some kind of a family Halloween special, which may not, it, it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. You know, most of us grew up on that shit. Um, that's fine. I'll check it out. I don't know. They, they haven't actually put anything in writing yet um, as to like where it's going to be distributed, you know, how it's going to, I imagine you could probably buy the movie itself at the Spirit Halloween store, right? Probably pretty cheap. Maybe they'll have like a screening or something. I don't know. Anyway, there's that. Uh, Have we all played a game called Ghosts of Tsushima? I have not, but I've heard good things about it. Um, I'll do it at some point in my life when I have time for something like that. It's being made into a movie, 
and it's being made by the creative team that brought us the John Wick franchise. I don't know what the game's about. I think it has something to do with uh, feudal Japan and uh, a lot of of, uh, sword play, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some sword play in there and maybe a ghost or uh, some kind of a horror element. That would be cool. I got to get on the game and then uh, I'll let you know about... I can't... I, I got, I, dude, I have like three baskets of PS4 games uh, out there, and I, I, most of them are still in the fucking plastic. I play Dead by Daylight until uh, my eyes bleed, and then when I feel like I've, I'm good and pissed off at Dead by Daylight, I go to Mortal Kombat 11, and uh, then I very quickly get pissed off at Mortal Kombat 11, go back right back to Dead by Daylight. That's That's the extent of my video gaming right there, those two games, and... Every now and then I'll mix it up, break out the Xbox 360 for some Brutal Legend or Crackdown, you know. But that's about it, really. Every now and then I'll pop a new game in, and I'm like, oh, God, I got there's a tutorial. I don't know what any of these fucking buttons do. God, I'm lazy. Just, got, just put Dead by Daylight back on. I am a loser. <laughs> and having like, listening to these words coming out of my mouth... I am starting to get more and more comfortable with that and just being a loser. Uh, speaking of losers, Tales of the Walking Dead. Can we be... Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm checked out, my friends. I'm sorry. Is there anybody still watching anything that has anything to do with The Walking Dead? I can't, man. It's too goddamn depressing. Um, how many goddamn shows do they need? I realize that AMC is pretty much hanging their hat on The Walking Dead. And pretty soon it's going to go from American uh, movie classics to just The Walking Dead Network. And they're going to have 35 shows uh, playing in rotation on that network. And then they'll by then I'm sure they'll have five or six movies to loop in there also. I can't. I mean, I love me some zombies. I do. I, do, I really do. But, I mean, which character are you going to fall in love with and then watch die next. That's the question. You know what's going to fucking happen. So why 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 ruin your day? You know what I'm saying? At least in like a Game of Thrones, periodically the bad guy would get roasted alive by a dragon or something like that. Or the guy that you really hate would get his fucking head cut off. Uh, Walking Dead. Just wait. He's going to get eaten by a zombie. Yeah, the guy that you like. He he will. And uh, don't worry, the bad guy is probably going to get eaten by a zombie too, but not until he royally fucks up everybody's uh, good time. I gave up, man. I am sorry. I maybe when it's all done and over with, there we, we could. I'll revisit some of it. Maybe I'm not. I don't think I have time in my life to do all the shows. But more to the point, what is it at this? You know, it, all it is is a soap opera. At least in Game of Thrones, there was like backstabbing and betrayal and developments and. You know, oh, she's got dragons all of a sudden. Very cool. She can wreck the whole shit. And over here, oh, this guy, he's uh, got the ice uh, fucking, the Night Lord or whatever it was. Look out for that guy. Walking Dead is just the same haggard bunch of survivors, or what's left of them at this point, uh, you know, moping moping around, (laughs) wondering who's going to get eaten next. I'm out, man. I'm out. This might be better because it's supposed to be an anthology that takes place within the Walking Dead universe. So at least this way, we don't have time to fall in love with anybody before they get eaten by zombies. I think you'll only have about 30 minutes per episode. So by then they can uh, introduce them, kill them off, 
and see you next week, I think would be the best way to go. Uh, lastly, it looks like the Batman is going to hit HBO Max uh, next week on the 18th. I'm into it. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard some good things. I heard it's very dark, and uh, there's some horror elements and shit like that. So um, I'll check it out eventually uh, whenever I get around to it. That is all I have on the horror news this weekend, mates. Let us get ourselves into a little of the old listener mail, shall we? Listener mail. Yeah, buddy. We got uh, emails and voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff happening here. Let's start it off in jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. Cat is in the house. Um, yep, here we go. Subject line, quick hello. Evening, gent or gents. Just a quick hello this week as I'm finishing another double and about to get some much-needed rest tomorrow. Educate, I believe you are contracted. She got me. She got You got me, cat. Uh, I plan on using my day off to catch up on some movies and relax. Do hope you have a wonderful and healthy week, Cat. Thank you very much, Cat. Uh, thanks for writing in. You got me. I was contracted. I made that one pretty easy. I'm thinking Tom Hardy might actually pull this one off. Let's see what let's see what he can do. But first, we got to get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line: Money well spent. Oh, fucking. <laughs> Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Did we all enjoy the random April snow yesterday? Ha <laughs> ha. Fuck that shit, cowboy. So, out of nowhere, yeah, like all last week it was in the 70s, 60s and 70s at least. Beautiful sunshine. Turn my sprinklers back on. Everything's looking good. This week I get up, I'm putting my work clothes together. I've committed to shorts. Uh yesterday it snowed. Motherfuck, it's been like um, in the 40s all week, cloudy, uh, got a little rain today, it's, uh, I think we're looking at more snow tomorrow, I've already committed to shorts, boys, I'm not coming out of the shorts, you know, um, what the fuck with this weather is what it is, I, I don't know man, maybe it's global warming or cooling or some other shit that I don't understand, uh, I have still been recruiting new listeners for you and heard something I didn't expect to hear. Well, thank you very much, cowboy. I'm glad somebody's putting some effort into this. <laughs> One girl started to listen to an episode and has yet to finish it, but for but not for the reason you might think. Ha <laughs> ha. Apparently, it's not just Buddy that has the soothing tones as she's fallen asleep, asleep each time she starts listening and not from boredom, surprisingly. I find that hard to believe there, cowboy. I can ramble on like this uh, pretty much until somebody comes and puts some tape over my mouth and never stop talking. And I realize I get a little monotone at times. Uh, that's why I have these high-pitch intros and outros in case you're driving, you know, because if you're driving and you're listening to, listening to me, you're probably going to veer off the road, go careening off, a, off into a gully or something like that. Not even sure what a gully is, but thank you very much. Uh, so she falls asleep. Uh, I might have to mention to her buddy's erotic readings and see what comes out of that, you know, for science. <laughs> I must say my money has been well spent with getting Darian impersonations, haha, but I now have to debate which one I like more between Mo from last week and Ted Levine. 
I think Ted still wins is my favorite Darian impersonation. <laughs> Very cool, cowboy. Digging the th- thought what thought lineup and excited to see. I think he meant fight lineup and to see how far my ladies go. At least there are no tomatoes. With that, I did pick this movie just to celebrate the singles bracket winner and attach something special below just for you to enjoy. Educate, you are contracted. Yes, I am. Surprised you didn't mention the maggots. See, I didn't want to make it too easy, cowboy, because, I mean, vaginal maggots is something that, for the light, I think I've only seen that one time, and that's kind of like the cornerstone of that movie. Uh, Unfortunately, the vaginal maggots didn't make it into the second movie, but uh, they were there in the first movie, and I think they may have been implied in the second one. I don't know. Uh, didn't have a lot of time to watch much, but looking forward to Nazi Undead and already have it downloaded for some work time fun. Though I did finish a rewatch of the Elm Street movies just because. Back to playing in the wind and traffic. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Oh, what has he got here? A video for me. Okay. Some... Oh, yeah. Look at this. Okay. It's a big fat guy dressed up like a tomato, freaking right out. It looks like a TikTok video. <laughs> God damn it. I am not going to watch another second of that, sir. All right, well, thank you very much for writing in, cowboy. Looks like we got some voicemails here. Let's see what's happening. Let's uh, check out the old voicemail line. Let's start things off in the boogie down south with our main man in Alabama. It is Alan. Padded room, what's up? What's up, Alan? Uh, excited about the team Saradome. You betcha. I don't know how well my guys are going to do because they're with some Nazi zombies. We'll see. Anyway, Mr. Brock, you are contracted. You are correct, sir. Um, hope everybody's doing good. I watched Amazon Hotbox. Mm. It was pretty good. You uh, like that, huh? I enjoyed it. Okay. It was cheesy, but, shit. you know, what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I didn't, I've started the stuff before, but I didn't really care for it. It's, uh, I didn't get into it. Yeah. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Alan. So he liked hot Amazon Hotbox. Not a big fan of the stuff. I get that. I totally get it. I, um, if I had to pick one of those two movies to watch again, it would probably, I hate to say it, but it would probably be Amazon Hotbox. Um, there are some hot chicks in that movie and they are naked and, um, watching the stuff with any kind of a critical eye or trying to somehow put together an actual plot out of that nonsense is pretty hard to do man um i wasn't a huge fan of amazon hotbox don't get me wrong it's cheesy as shit it's supposed to be an homage to those exploitation movies of the 70s um they failed on a lot of levels though especially with the um the random dude the random el presidente guy who just makes a bunch of redneck uh euphemisms as i don't understand that it, was it supposed to be funny? Because I, I don't know. Maybe it's just not my style of humor. I don't know. Well, right on, Alan. Thank you very much for calling in, my friend. Uh, let's get down to Southern California. Here comes the man, the myth, 
the legend, Mr. Tom Hardy. Oh, shit. What did I do? All right, hold on. Here he comes. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? Well, I'm here. I hope y'all are doing well. I'm good. I feel good. Hope everyone is there. No. I just say that. I know they're I know. not. Nope. <laughs> hey, I uh, wanted to get in with something you had mentioned the other day about a uh, huh. Shining remake. Yes. With uh, Stiller. Oh, what's the fucking guy's ben name? Stiller. Zoolander. But yeah, Zoolander. Hey, I, I looked at that, and I might be mistaken, but I think it's just like a, a mm. play or a theater thing. It's not oh. going to be like a, an actual Shining movie remake. Oh, okay. So a different Shining, like, adaptation i guess ah. yeah from what i read it was just like a, a right. play or some shit okay um also i wanted to say hey been really enjoying uh your mom's basement oh very cool that kind of sounds weird <laughs> uh that kind of sounds like uh code for some shit well i mean if you say I've it like been that enjoying them shows so i uh, hope you keep putting them out i do we will uh anyway uh, i got i got a couple of flicks on the what are you looking at department yes sir and uh, i wanted to get into a couple of them uh some more than others. Okay. But um, I got to catch uh, the, the remake of Fright Night. Um, ah. The 2000-something. I yeah. can't remember. I can't remember exactly uh, McLovin. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say, I, I thought that flick was pretty good. You like that? I, I don't know uh, when the last time you saw it. But it's been a I kinda, while. This is the first time seeing it. Okay. I, I kind of put it off because I, I really liked Fright Night. You know, me too. I, yeah. I love that flick. And then all the remakes that were coming out... Like, ah, I don't know if I want to fucking subject myself to this shit. And then it just kind of went went away, you know. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of, uh, but then I, I happened to catch it. That's actually a pretty good flick, but it, it did bring up hmm. a thing for me about, like, remakes. Okay. Where it's so different that... Really, if you just would have changed the character names and, like, uh, you know, just a little bit of difference in in the Rooster, you know, eyeballing his neighbor. You could have had you could have had the weird friend uh, Evil Ed, yeah, eyeballing the neighbor. We got McLovin instead, and you would have had. I mean, you wouldn't have had to call it Fright Night. You know what I mean? And it would have been its own thing. And I would actually have probably seen it earlier you know yeah good vampire flick hell yeah i'm into it but uh, i don't know just curious about your thoughts on that one sure um i also got to catch again this is a uh you know you're going through uh amazon occasionally and it says hey this flick is leaving in like 20 days or oh, yeah. whatever yeah, yeah i don't know it fucking somehow that bullshit worked on me <laughs> and i fucking sat down and watched eight-legged freaks well it's not that I bad know you just reviewed it earlier and that is not generally it's not it's not that bad all right it's it's silly as shit it's a it's a throwback to a, a 1950s drive-in it's about giant fucking spiders dude what do you what do you expect uh but before we we move on he called back uh a couple of times from the looks of it let's talk a little bit about remakes there tom hardy and you you make some good points i don't know if you knew this or not but they actually made sequels to that Fright Night remake. Um, they have nothing to do with Jerry Dandridge or any of that. Uh, I, I wasn't mad at the Fright Night remake. Here's what you need, though. If you're going to do a Fright Night remake, you got to have a vampire with a little, 
I guess, panache, a little style. Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge was, he was not necessarily like scary, like ferocious or predatory or anything like that. He didn't even look like he could kick your ass, really, uh, until he went full vamp on you. But uh, what's it, Colin Farrell? He was just like the brooding, you know, oh, they tried to say he was a construction worker or something like that. So he's always walking around in a wife beater. That's fine. I mean, you need you need somebody that's, you know, somewhat attractive in there because you got to have that weird. Uh, pos- he's possibly going to bang your mom situation. But at the same time, if you're if you're going to make a Fright Night remake, you got to have that flamboyant uh, Jerry Dandridge vampire. And I don't feel like uh, Farrell pulled that off. He just wasn't, he was just, he was like a mannequin, really. I mean, a very well, uh, you know, chiseled Greek statuesque mannequin. Maybe he's more of a statue now that I think about it. Uh, but there are, there were remakes to that, um, or uh, sequels to that movie. Uh, I think one of them had uh, some kids going to Castle Dracula or something like that. There was a female vampire involved. Um, and incidentally, since we're on the topic of Fright Night, finding a Blu-ray or DVD copy of the original Fright Night 2 is damn near impossible. I've been trying, man. Um, I forget who's in it. I know it's, uh, the kid that played Charlie and, uh, Brian Thompson is in there. Shao Kahn. So if anybody can track that down for me, I will break out a debit card in no time. Uh, let's see. He called back. Uh, talking about eight-legged freaks. G motherfucking P, baby. G motherfucking P. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, I was just saying, eight-legged freaks. Um, you know, hmm. I I actually found it enjoyable. Sure. It was fun. It is yeah. what it is. You know what I mean? But you kind of know going into it, you know, what, what you're going to get. Of you course. Know? But... Um, one of the things that kind of struck me in this flick, and you see it in a bunch of flicks, okay. is, you know, sometimes you've got the main character, right. and, uh, you know, it's, it's whichever star is biggest in there, David Arquette. or whatever, Sure. and, you know, he, like, he comes back into town, or he just enters into a situation, and because he's the main character, or the biggest actor in the flick... Mm-hmm. Everybody just follows. Like, hey, man, whatever David Arquette says, man, that sounds like a good fucking plan, you know? Right, right. <laughs> just like it cracks me up. Cause it's like, who the fuck is this jackass here, man? Yeah. I mean, honestly, can anybody say, hey, David Arquette said it was a good idea to go fucking climb this tower or whatever? Let's go fucking do <laughs> whatever. But hey, it was fun enough. I enjoyed sure. it. Um, that being said, I did catch this flick again, flipping around, trying sure. to find something. What do you got? And it's called Puzzle. Puzzle. And it's from, like, the early 70s. Okay. And, like, the descriptors about it was, like, oh, you know, from the master of um, Giallo's, some crazy fucking Italian name that I wouldn't even try to pronounce. Abagati. This motherfucker. You know, one of his great... Oh, Oh, shit, let me check this motherfucker out. All right. So, first off, don't watch it. Okay. Not a a Giallo, like... Like you or I might be thinking. Um, okay. There's at the very beginning. Uh, let me just give you the plot of sure, it. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil anything in case anybody wants to check it out. All right. What do you got? Very beginning, this dude kind of wakes up and he's lost his memory, but then he gets encountered by this woman who says, "Oh my goodness, you know, 
you don't you know who I am? Oh no, I don't. Well, you got to go here because of this, and just as she's about to spoil the whole fucking thing, she gets shot. Of course, that's yeah. the only murder in oh. the whole fucking flick. And then you don't know who killed her, and you don't know why. Huh. You don't know who this dude is and what he's about. What? Okay. I'm kidding. Oh. There's no fucking nude. It's a fucking giallo nude. It's a giallo movie filmed in Italy okay. in the 70s. Right. And there's no fucking nudity. And you're still going to call it a motherfucking giallo. Well, and there's no fucking blood. There's no fucking... Eh. Oh, one other dude does get killed. And it does... They kind of get them good, but it's, it's kind of too little too late at that point. Yeah. I, I, again, I'd kind of steer away from it. Okay. Uh, steer away from it if I were you. Um, there you have not, it. It's not that great. One other- Scratch puzzle off your list, inmates, unless you just want to see a guy with amnesia from the sounds of it. Um, he called back again. I'll be right, I'll be right back with you there, uh, Tom Hardy. He brings up the giallos. Now, there are certain staples to the giallo. I'm not going to break the whole fucking formula down again, but one of the things that makes a giallo a giallo is buxom young ladies being murdered, usually in some kind of a boudoir situation. Uh, Not necessarily rapey, but very bondage-y, rapey, kind of rapey, sometimes. I don't, maybe, usually, like, at the very least, she'll get her top torn off before she gets with the stabby stab. But uh, I, that that moniker, the giallo, uh, really gets put on just it, about any horror movie that comes out of Italy, you know? Um, but that, that's not really true to the subgenre, because, like, you'll see, just like this one, this one sounded like some kind of a crime noir kind of a thing, uh, nobody really got killed, though, except for two guys, I guess, and no boobs. And the killer is also supposed to use, supposed to be wearing black gloves. I don't know if that happened or not. Uh, I don't really care because I'm not going to watch it now. Thank you very much for that, Tom Hardy. He called back a third time. Third time's a charm, y'all. G motherfucking peed again. Oh shit! Hold on. Double. Double baby. Anyway, um, I was just mentioning how you had talked about uh, checking out Lock and Key. It's funny you had mentioned yeah. kind of, you know, we're looking for something with the kids and sure. ended up stumbling on it. That's kind of how I came apart it as well. Oh, okay. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's 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 fine. I, I have seen the second season. Okay. Thought it was pretty good too. Uh, the one thing about it that really bothers me huh. and um, the. I don't think I'm gonna burn nothing here, but the bad guy yeah. in the uh, second season yeah. just looks like such a little fucking pussy, well, and I'm just like, man, yeah. somebody just punch him in the mouth. Just you know, I <laughs> I don't want to give it too much away. Like I know I what you're about. talking about. Yeah, but it's just like just fuck that dude, man. Somebody just smack the shit out of him, man. Yeah. They'll be all crying in the damn corner in no time. Well, anyway, yeah. sorry about the long drawn. Hey, no, you're well, good. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the, to be honest with you, I've kind of, I watched the first season, started the second season. I think um one or two episodes in, I've kind of checked out because all of the the big um I guess twists in which character was going to end up with who, we all knew that 3 episodes into the first season. And if you haven't figured it out, Tom Hardy, um, 
Well, I'm not going to... I mean, you've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. But there's a very, um, let's just say, black and white uh, thing that is very clear. So once you kind of realize who's supposed to be with who, then you're like, okay, uh, well, obviously... That guy can't be who he says he is. I realize nobody said nobody other than me and Tom Hardy probably know what the hell I'm talking about right now, but that's just how it is. Um, going into the second season, I found it very predictable, and that's why we kind of checked out. We started watching a cartoon instead uh, called The Hollow, which is um, um, it's it's um, it's all right. <laughs> it's not really horror. Um, it's all right. I would say that it's all right. There you have it. That's my, uh, my review of the hollow. All right. Well, I think that's it on the listener mail. Thank you guys very much. Tom Hardy, Alan, uh, uh, cat and cowboy. Let me just check the junk folder real quick. Want to make sure nobody got missed or anything. Looks like, uh, nope. We are all caught up. So without further ado, my friends. Let's talk about tomatoes, shall we? Across this great nation, almost everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. Mrs. Williams, I understand your husband is missing. Yes, Do you he think is. he's dead? Well, I, I Will you miss him? Well, Will you marry again? Well, if he's laying in a ditch somewhere, like, with both his legs calling your name. You will have to find another man, you know. You're no spring chicken. Lives what are you- shattered. The nation is in chaos. Death and destruction sweeps the country. Four Square Productions presents perhaps the funniest film ever made. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. You've never seen a film like it. This is the incredible story of the world's ultimate disaster. Vicious man-eating tomatoes grow to monstrous proportions. Faced with this unprecedented menace, the president calls upon Mason Dixon, special agent. Aided by his trusty sidekick, Dixon begins to unravel the terrifying mystery of the deadly tomatoes. Dixon is getting close, too close for someone or something. Who could it be? The girl reporter? The ad executive? The press secretary? Or does it go higher? Join Mason Dixon in a race against time as he battles to save the world from the threat of nature's perfect eating machine. The Killer Tomato! Ain't no time to make a fuss. We gotta get those tomatoes before they get us. The Killer Tomatoes. You've never seen anything like it. Yep, it's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes from 1978, directed by John DeBello, written by Costa Dillon. This one got 4.6 stars on IMDb. Which is, in case you haven't figured it out, inmates, a full um, 1.3 stars better than President Evil. (laughs) 
In case you haven't figured it out, inmates, I'm going to compare every single movie that we do from now on to President Evil so that I can continue to hammer home how bad that movie was. Um, it stars David Miller, George Wilson, and Sharon Taylor. It's rated PG. This is not a horror film, my friends. Not even close. And if you're expecting that going into this, you, you, you've probably seen this already. Uh, you're, you're going to be disappointed if you're thinking that you're actually going to be scared of a tomato. And if by some slim chance you find yourself actually scared in this movie, you should probably have your head examined. Go, go talk to a therapist or something because uh, they're fucking tomatoes, man. They are tomatoes, okay? Um, so this is a comedy. The movie starts with a lady doing her dishes, and then a tomato rolls into the sink in front of her, and then she looks at the tomato, and I guess the tomato looks at her. Every time we see a tomato in this movie, we get this weird kind of... That kind of a thing. Um, it makes a bunch of that sound, and then it rolls out of the sink, and the lady screams, and then we get into our opening credits, which is the iconic Attack of the Killer Tomatoes theme song, uh, which you probably heard a little bit of during that um, that intro there. So, uh, how do the tomatoes attack, per se? I don't know. Uh, clearly, they don't have mouths. It's not like they can bite. Um that's never touched on. We're never going to solve that mystery. Um, but when we're when we come out of the opening credits, that lady is laying on the kitchen floor, and there's blood all over the place. And the old people that she lives with come out, and they're like, oh, "The tomato got her." And then the cops get called, and all that stuff. So I guess we're just going to have to say that the tomatoes, um, somehow. Uh, they can break the skin somehow because there was blood. Uh, later on, when we get into the giant tomatoes, they roll over people and crush them. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, but there's that, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a tomato, dude. And if you're <laughs> not not to pick this movie apart, but if you're if you're actually thinking about how you could kill a guy with a tomato, stop, stop thinking about it. You're not going to do it. And uh, a tomato is never going to kill you unless you choke on it or something like that. Uh, so from there, we cut to a tomato field, uh, I guess a day or two later. And there is a full-on military uh, incursion happening. And the tomatoes are attacking in mass. A senator and his aide touch down in the firefight. Now, they're accompanied by two sheriffs, but the amount of sound effects used in this scene is ridiculous. There's like... Uh, 50 caliber machine guns going off and explosions and, uh, but only, only the sound effects though. You don't get to see any of that shit. Uh, the two cops get out and they start randomly shooting <laughs> into the tomato field. And, uh, then the, the Senator gets out with his, his aide or whoever. And he's like, God damn it. We got to get these tomatoes under control. They're going to kill us all. Gosh, we got to keep this quiet too. Shit. Now, funny thing about this scene towards the middle of it, you actually get to see a helicopter crash <clears throat> into the tomato field. Uh, I read in the IMDb trivia that that was not scripted, and the guy flying that helicopter, the helicopter was supposed to fly into and out of frame, and that was going to be the end of the helicopter. So the director, John DeBello, rented the helicopter, 
what the the helicopter rental place didn't mention was that they, they didn't they're not going to provide a pilot. So one random crew member got up and he said, "I can fly a helicopter." He gets it about three feet off the ground, hits the tail rotor on a uh, tomato plant, and sends the thing spinning out of control and crashes it right into the ground. Luckily, nobody was seriously hurt, but uh, that probably ate up a good chunk of the movie's budget was paying for that helicopter that they wrecked. That was not supposed to be in the movie. That was not in the script, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, they're like, oh, shit. Finally, they get a guy coming out of the, the wreckage. He's like, a flying tomato. Fuck. Um, and then that, that's it. The, from, from there we cut to, um, uh, I guess the Pentagon <clears throat> because apparently these random tomato attacks are becoming a real nuisance. So we cut to the Pentagon where we have, uh, our chiefs of staff having a meeting in a very, very small office. And I got a chuckle out of this because the office that they're having the meeting in is about the size of a coat closet. So they all have to climb over each other to get to uh, their seats at this table that they don't really have room for. Um, they get in there and they're like, what are we going to do about this tomato problem? We're getting attacked from all sides. We got We can't have panic, though. We got to keep this, you know, quiet and stuff. So the president's secretary, uh, press secretary is in on this meeting also. He's like, okay, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to g- contact a top advertising agency and we're going to talk about, we're going to, you know, Pay them to put out some PSAs about how tomatoes are our friends. Okay, all right. In the meantime, one of the army generals, uh, after the meeting, goes and he's like, listen, we got to do something. I've contracted a top field agent, Mr. Mason Dixon, and I've put together a crack team, and they're going to get to the bottom of this tomato thing and uh, put, put an end to all this. So then we meet Mason Dixon, Special Agent Mason Dixon, uh, he's a big fat guy, and uh, he's wearing that '70s style suit, where the 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 necktie is too wide, and it only goes down to about the belly button at any point. Uh, I guess he's I don't know I don't know who he's supposed to be, but then we go and meet his crack team of commandos. Uh, we have a master of disguise, who at this moment I believe was dressed up like Abraham Lincoln. Despite the the fact that the guy was African American, we also have a swimming champion uh, who defected from, I guess, Germany or something like that. Her name was Inga something or other, and be, I, I don't know how any of these are gonna people are gonna help defeat the tomatoes. But then we also have a scuba expert, I guess, to complement <laughs> the swimming expert. Um, Tomatoes don't grow in water, so I don't know why we have either one of these two. But our scuba expert is there in full scuba gear, and he's like, "Yep." And then we have a fourth team of the fourth member of the team that's uh, some kind of a paramilitary commando, and he's going to rendezvous with them later on. So that's that's excellent. That's good times. We're going to get to the bottom of this tomato menace, boys and girls. Um, from there, we cut to. I get I, it's it's San Francisco, but they keep trying to tell us it's New York City, where we have a a newspaper that's just referred to as the Post, and uh, the editor in chief is sending his top female reporter to to infiltrate the Joint Chiefs of Staff and get the full story on the tomato incursions. So that's great. She's uh pretty hot to try. Well, she's actually. 
uh, Sharon Taylor. Not very attractive in my opinion. But uh, she's like, you betcha. This is my big shot and I'll do whatever it takes to get this story. So she goes to the uh, uh, crime, the initial crime scene where the lady doing the dishes got killed. She gets there just as Mason Dixon gets there because they both want to investigate. She rolls up and she's like, hey, that's Special Agent Mason Dixon. And he's like, nope, that's not me. I got to go. See you later. Uh, The reporter, her name is Lois, is like, yo, okay. And this is kind of silly. She's like, hey, it's me. I'm a reporter. My name's Lois from the daily whatever. And then a guy dressed up as Superman walks by and then takes off flying through the air. I see what you did there, uh, John DiBello. You tried to muscle us in with some Superman humor, I guess. <laughs> it it, it kind of makes me wonder um, what the hell was going on in the late 70s. You know what I mean? It's, it's a sweet spot in American history where um, there was a lot of cocaine flying around. And we were still kind of on the tails of the free love movement a little bit. Uh, but AIDS hadn't hit either. So I kind of feel like this was just one big party. You know, the Vietnam War was over. Everybody was just beaked out of their mind and fucking the shit out of each other. And what we got was uh, somehow we got movies like Halloween and Dawn of the Dead. But we also have Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. So how the hell... The, the, that, the two ends of that spectrum line up in that time frame is a complete mystery to me. I was actually born in 1978, so I missed it. I was there, but I missed it. I don't remember shit. Sorry. Uh, so there's that for you. Uh, now Lois is on the trail because she knows Mason Dixon. He wouldn't be called in if this wasn't a serious problem. So now we're going to cut back to Mason Dixon. He's on his way to rendezvous with the fourth member of his team. But before he does, he has to drop off the remaining members of his team randomly in spots in the desert. Uh, the scuba guy just walks with his flippers and takes a dunk in a, uh, like a fountain outside of an office building. And that's where he, that's, that's the last we'll ever see of that dude. Uh, where he went, I don't think he ever made it out of that fountain. He might still be in there today. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that guy. Uh, the swimming expert just gets let out on a dirt road. Uh, the master of disguise gets let out a couple miles later. And then a couple miles after that, uh, Mason Dixon pulls over, gets out of the car, and the fourth member, yeah, the fourth member comes parachuting in. And this guy is not going to change his clothes or get rid of the parachute uh, for the duration of the film. So there's that. All right, um, sure, I suppose this makes sense to somebody. Um, oh shit. Yeah, from there, we cut to our uh, press secretary, who has his first meeting with the advertising exec. Uh, the advertising exec, by the way, looks like a um, 60-year-old disco king, I guess. And this is where we get our first musical number of the movie. Not our last, but our first. That's right, boys. We went full musical on this one. And he's going to sing us a little tune about advertising and how he tells uh, the world how to turn, basically, because he's a an ad man. <laughs> a very sleazy-looking one with chest hair and uh, a porno mustache at that. <clears throat> So that's fun, I suppose. 
now we cut to uh, our covert operations. To back to uh, Mason Dixon and our covert operations team. Uh, the parachute guy, along with Mason Dixon, have checked into a hotel, and they're kind of making. They're trying to keep everything quiet, so they're like hastily cleaning up the messes the tomatoes are making. But when they come down from their hotel room, everybody's reading a newspaper. Everybody in the hotel lobby is reading a newspaper, and the headline reads, Tomatoes Attack. So I think we failed on that front, my friends. That sucks. Um, Now is when somebody starts trying to kill Mason Dixon. And we don't know who, but we know that he's a terrible shot and he wears a ski mask. And uh, Mason is walking down the street, and basically this guy with a snub-nosed revolver just opens fire and kills everybody on the street except for Mason Dixon, who, by the way, is the fattest guy on the entire street on that particular day also. I got a little chuckle out of that because it was like a shooting gallery as the people were walking by, and he was like, padoo, 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 and they're all falling down except for Mason Dixon, who is completely oblivious to all of this. Got a little chuckle out of that. Now uh, we're going to cut to our... Uh, the rest of the team who have just been abandoned on a dirt road somewhere. Starting with Inga, the Swedish uh, swimming champion. She is setting up a campfire out in the desert. Uh, what her job was, I have no idea. But very quickly, a giant tomato comes rolling down the hill and crushes her. And we lose contact with Inga. So Mason is like, oh shit, we got to go find her. Him and Parachute Guy go out there. And they happen upon our giant tomato, and they're like, oh, fuck, it's fucking giant tomatoes. They do a, they capture one, and they do a bunch of tests on it, and we turn, if, find out it's those are cherry tomatoes, which if was this was real, cherry tomatoes are the little baby ones that they put in salads. Uh, I guess for the purposes of this movie, those are the ones that grow up to be the big giant tomatoes that roll over people and crush people. <laughs> Scary stuff, man. Whoa, look out. Whoa, cherry tomato coming at you. Okay. So now our master of disguise has disguised himself as a big uh, big cherry tomato. He's basically got a tomato suit and he's walking around. He finds a bunch of other tomatoes and he's like, hey, hey, tomatoes, it's me. I'm going to hang out with you. So they have like a campfire going, the rest of these big tomatoes. And he just hunkers down with them, uh, presumably to infiltrate and possibly find the leader of the tomato movement. All right, that's fine. Back to Mason Dixon. Uh, The uh, female reporter is hot on his tail, Lois. And she's found out which hotel she's staying, he's staying in. And now she's like creepily stalking about, uh, waiting for him to come down so she can get the scoop. Uh, she keeps failing at that though. So she calls her editor and her editor in no uncertain terms tell her, tells her that, uh, she needs to have sex with the parachute guy to get the story. Now this part, I do not understand for the life of me. She goes up to the hotel room after putting it flat. out, Hey, do you want to have sex with me? And he's like, well, let's go up to the hotel room. So they go up there. She lays down on the bed. He comes out of the bathroom wearing his underwear and the parachute, (laughs) sees something in a neighboring suite and then freaks out with a cavalry saber and basically just starts kicking the shit out of the whole hotel room. What the hell's going on here? I have no idea, but um, that's what happens. 
Mason Dixon is headed back up to his hotel room. He sees the reporter in her underwear come running out of there, and he's like, what the shit? Goes in there and checks out all the, the damage, and he's like, well, what the goddamn happened here? And by now, the uh, parachute guy has completely exhausted himself and basically is just laying on the floor in his underwear with his parachute on, holding a cavalry saber amidst the wreckage of every of the every stick of furniture in the fucking hotel room. Not sure what that was supposed to be about, exactly. Maybe I missed something in the dialogue, or uh, there was some subtext I didn't pick up on. Maybe I'm not smart enough for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but I don't know. I don't get that. Uh, now we're going to cut back to our uh, uh, press secretary, who is now in his second meeting with the ad exec. We get yet another musical number about how advertising is great, and uh, that doesn't really go anywhere at all. Um, now we're going to cut back to our uh, master of disguise, who has apparently been sitting at this campfire for three or four days with the giant tomatoes. Uh, everything is going well. He had to possibly eat a human leg to maintain his cover, but he makes a critical error when he asks somebody to pass the ketchup. And that's when the tomatoes were on to him, and thus they killed our master of disguise. And now our crack team is down to parachute guy, scuba guy, and of course, special agent Mason Dixon. Now, at this point, um, Mason is walking down the street trying to round up some, go see some scientists about the tomatoes. A masked gunman avails him and starts shooting at him. Luckily, a parachute guy shows up and chases the guy off. And we get a pretty ridiculous uh, chase scene where the, the gunman loses the parachute guy when a train go, comes in between him and he takes off. So, excellent. Good news there. Uh, now, unfortunately, the full-on military invasion of the United States is taking place. There are tomatoes attacking everybody. Um, we know this because we cut back to the Pentagon where states are being X'd off the map as, uh, I guess, they fall to the tomatoes. And the last bastion of humanity is, it's actually San Diego, but certain parts of it were shot in San Francisco. Like, you can see Alcatraz Island for a second. But at the same time, they keep putting on the bottom of the screen that it's New York City. So really, where, what, I, whatever you say, wherever you want this to be is what I guess what we'll say it is. Ugh. Another attempt is made on the life of Mason Dixon. This time, uh, Mason himself manages to thwart the attacker. Uh, they get into a car chase where both of their cars break down at the same time, uh, but they're still, like, sputtering along. So um, there's, like, a, uh, like a, it's like they're both going five miles an hour, and uh, they're just sputtering down the street, and Mason is chasing the guy that's trying to kill him. Uh, eventually, he just gets out of the car and runs up to the, ne- to the, the car that the, the masked gunman is in and pulls him out, but then, unfortunately, the parachute guy was trying to help, and he smacked into Mason Dixon and knocked him over, and the gun fell out of his hand, and then uh, the masked gunman managed to uh, abduct Mason Dixon. So Mason is unconscious somehow. 
wakes up, I guess a couple hours later, in an office where he's tied to the chair and our gunman is holding him at gunpoint with the, the ski mask on. And this is where we get the big reveal that our masked gunman is none other than our presidential press secretary, the Charles Grodin lookalike. And he's like, ha-ha! I got you now, Mason Dixon. I can't have you thwarting my big plan. And Dixon's like, what is, what? And he's like, I've grew, I grew tomatoes in my garden, and I taught them how to act. And basically, I figured out how to control the tomatoes. But I'm not going to tell anybody how until America has fallen, and then I can rebuild it the way I want it, and I'll be worshipped as a god. Yay! Uh, this whole James Bond uh, monologue goes on for a few minutes while Mason is quietly getting uh, the gun out of his pocket because he's still got a hand free, I guess, somehow. Um, he's just about to uh, – the press secretary guy is just about to tell um, Mason Dixon how to control the tomatoes when parachute guy runs into the office with his cavalry saber and stabs uh, the press secretary to death. So good news. Nobody is going to be trying to kill Mason Dixon anymore. Bad news. We didn't get the 411 on how to control the fucking tomatoes. So, all right. <laughs> Shit. Now there's like tomatoes rolling down the street and people are dying and there's explosions and we're we're on like a um, apocalyptic scale level with these fucking tomatoes. These tomatoes, these vegetables and uh tanks are being called in and soldiers are forming battle lines and siege lines and things like that and uh all kinds of hell is breaking loose. Uh, we have made, like, basically everybody has evacuated the city, except for only the craziest of people that think that they can somehow fight off tomatoes. Uh, Mason Dixon is still there. He's kind of poking around, and then he remembers that there was a certain record that was in the press secretary's office. I don't know if this is an actual song or not, but it, the name of the song on the record was called Puberty Love. So he's like, ah, I figured it out. How he figured it out, I have no idea. He tells his uh, parachute guy to go round up every living human being in the city and get them to the sports stadium, which is what he does. There's like 35 people. They all get into the sports stadium, and then Mason Dixon plays the record on the loudspeakers as the tomatoes are piling in to kill the last of these people. And then for some reason, the tomatoes stop right before they get to everybody, and then they try to back out of the stadium and then that's when Cavalry Saber Guy leads like a big charge and all the survivors go flying out of the stadium and they all stomp on uh, tomatoes. And that's pretty much the end of your movie. Um, Lois and Mason make out at the like in the last couple minutes. But then there's like a credit cookie of a carrot getting ready to get. A, he's like, OK, boys, now it's our apparently the carrots can talk, which is probably They'll probably be much scarier than the tomatoes because tomatoes couldn't talk. There was no communication. So they'll be much more combat effective. Get ready for attack of the killer carrots, gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen. That That's going to be the next one. Uh, that's it for attack of the killer tomatoes, dudes. You've seen it. I know you have. Don't act like you haven't. It's silly. It's fucking dumb. Uh, there's some funny moments in there, though. Uh, the initial meeting in the coat closet <laughs> between the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, at trying to sit or climb over each other to sit at the little tiny table. That was funny. Um, 
I don't really understand. Like, I, I don't understand what we're going for here. I, I just have to write it off to cocaine, I suppose. Um, how do you get funding for a movie called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? How do you how do you pitch that? I guess that that's what that's where I want to be. I want to be in the initial uh, pitch meetings as John DeBello was trying to convince investors to give him money to make Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That is a conversation I'd like to hear. Um, it's a good time. Put it on if you just got to have something to watch. I got I talked the kids into watching. Uh, watching it with me, they hung out for like 10 minutes and then said, fuck off, old man, we're going back to YouTube. Uh, What can I say? It's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, dudes. Check it out if I have piqued your curiosity. I found it on Tubi. Um, Something else to think about, though. Apparently, there are many, 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 many different edits of this film. So if what I just described to you didn't quite match what you saw or what you remember, I'm sure that you are correct. I'm sure we're watching different versions. The one that I just described is was on Tubi. So if you want to check out that particular version, Tubi TV, um, that's it, dude. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. What can I tell you? They're fucking tomatoes.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, ma'am, sir or ma'am, or whatever your pronouns might be. Uh, it's time to get into the team's division of the Terradome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. To the Terradome. I haven't picked a team yet, have I? Shit. Let me take a look real quick. I'm going to tell you right now. I think I'm going to have to go with the... Did anybody take the Umbrella Corporation? Hold on. Let me check. Um, nope. I am taking the Umbrella Corporation. Put me down right now. I think, I think having seen what they can do and ran through the entire Resident Evil franchise a couple months ago, I like my chances. As bad as those movies were, I like my chances. Umbrella Corp. For me. Okay. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time. We are in the Inferno Conference Round 1. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing things. The party had taken a turn, and Cheryl wanted to go home. Things felt strange ever since the basement door popped open and Ash and Scott decided to go exploring. They returned with a tape recorder and an old book. The tape was just a bunch of gibberish from some old archaeologist, but it made Cheryl uncomfortable. Since playing it, she felt like there was something watching her from the woods. She was staring out of the cabin window when the sky lit up. A thunderous crash and an impact shockwave that broke two windows. Scott and Ash got curious for the second time that night and decided to go off and try to find the impact area. An hour later, only Ash returns. Bruised, bloodied, and delirious, he says something landed in the woods not far away. He says they were attacked by clowns. There was a lot of them, and they were headed this way. Team's competition, we have the Deadites versus the Killer Clowns, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is a tough, this, this one is kind of tough. Not really, though, if you think about it. I'm going to have to take the killer clowns on this one for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, deadites are scary as shit. 
they can possess you, but really they can be killed just the same as anybody, right? That's that's the thing. They're I mean they're scary and sometimes they fly around a little bit. Um but at the end of the day, they can still be killed or banished or whatever you want to call it. Uh clowns can also be killed, but only if you can figure out the nose thing. That's one thing. The other thing is they have a lot of weird technology. You got the popcorn monsters. You got the cotton candy guns. You got the balloon things. Uh, they're mobile. They have tricycles that they can fire around on. I think the clowns just have too many advantages in this fight. I'm going to take the killer clowns from outer space. And that, inmates, is the first fight of the 2022 Dome Tournament. Killer clowns from outer space versus the Deadites. Get me your votes by next week, if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or get me on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you ponder that matchup for the next week, I've got to tell you what movies I got in this week. In a little segment I like to call... What are you looking at, tough guy? What are you looking at? How about The Night House from 2020? Um, I think most of us have seen this one. If not, it's streaming on HBO Max. It's a pretty good show. Um, it begs an interesting question. Say you were living in a haunted house, but you knew the ghost in question in life. And now, is it, is it as unnerving, as, as frightening, knowing who you're being haunted by? And, uh, you know, possibly having a relationship with them pre-mortem, I guess, is what I'm what I'm thinking. It's a it's a pretty good show. Very atmospheric, uh, very dreadful, very, um, uh, very morose, I think. I don't want to give it away. I know some of us still haven't seen it, but uh, there's a twist at the end that kind of puts things into perspective. I don't want to say it's one of those metaphor ghosts, but it very well could be. Uh, what else we got? Night's End from 2022. Um, this one isn't bad. It's not the best thing I've ever seen. So you have an agoraphobic social media star attempting, trying to be a social media star uh, that can't leave his apartment um, because he's agoraphobic. Uh, as he's making these YouTube videos, things are happening behind him and that's how he's getting subscribers. Is because people aren't really wanting to get his lawn tips. What they are tuning in for is to see the weird shit going on in the background. Um, it takes a very silly turn, especially at the end when uh, other YouTube stars get involved. It, uh, it's a solid concept. The first hour was pretty good. When we got to the big, uh, the big whoop-de-doo at the end, I... I it got a little silly there towards the end. If, you know, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I watched that, and I also watched Lizzie from 2018, starring Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart. This one was streaming on Shudder. Uh, Night's End, also streaming on Shudder, by the way. Historical drama about the Lizzie Borden story is what you have here. 
So this is a lot of build-up to the actual murder and then the aftermath. Um, it's fine. It's 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 more of a historical reenactment. You can't say that this is what happened because I don't believe Lizzie Borden ever confessed to killing her parents. So we could we can say it was uh, goddamn space aliens that killed Lizzie Borden's parents and. You can make that movie because nobody knows for sure. I mean, it sure looks like she did. But in the the context of this movie, she did do it. And it was all because of a same-sex uh, relationship between her and Kristen Stewart and some her father taking liberties um, sexually with Kristen Stewart, who plays a maid. I will say this. Uh, Kristen Stewart gets naked in this movie. And that is a bit of all right. Um, I think she's hot, man. Am I the only one that thinks Kristen Stewart is hot? Uh, not honestly, though, not much of an actress, right? She's got that kind of just bland style of acting where like her facial features rarely change at all. Like no expression ever. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I didn't watch the Twilight movies. Maybe that was her her uh, gnome de force for acting. But uh, I think she's hot. She looked good in this one. You get to see the whole show, and uh, it's it's a bit of all right, if you ask me. That's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. How about some immersion therapy, yeah? Immersion therapy. So did we all get a chance to check out Nazi Undead from 2019? This one was streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, interesting. Not at all what I was expecting, my friends. I mean, you look at the cover of the you, name of the movie is Nazi Undead, right? And uh, you look at the, th- the, the thumbnail on Amazon, it's a bunch of Nazi zombies uh, on, like, the box art, and you don't give me any Nazi zombies, which, I mean, it's okay. There's a, I th- rather enjoyed it, or at least the first half, anyway. Uh, what we have instead is Nazi, a Nazi ghost situation, which is uh, equally as funky, um, Really, I don't think the ghost even needed to be a Nazi. The whole backstory was that he uh, caught his wife cheating and murdered her and the lover and then himself, and now he's got this haunted house and these poor uh, schmuck kids that happened to break down outside of it. So there's that. What I did feel like, though, was that they wrote the movie, and at the end of the writing process, they realized they only had 40 minutes worth of movie. So rather than add some stuff in they basically just did a hard reset (laughs) and started the movie all over again because that's kind of what happened right it was i don't know is the first half was great and then when she just kind of does the exact same shit all over again in the middle of the movie without remembering what happened in the first half of the movie okay i don't i don't understand what we're doing here but i i don't know man i thought it was a good show um Nazi ghosts are just as fucking scary as Nazi zombies, apparently. And if they can twist your body into a swastika, 
Well, you don't want that because uh, your arm's going to get twisted and your knee's going to get cracked in half. But that is something to watch out for, and that's kind of scary and kind of inter- an interesting take on the whole thing. Um, worth checking out, I would say. It's not there's no Nazi zombies in it, so if you're on the lookout for a Nazi zombie movie that isn't uh, the uh, Outpost movies or the Dead Snow movies, this one might be. Uh, something to look at if you don't mind your Nazi zombie movie not having zombies in it. There you have it. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Bunker Game from 2022, uh, directed by Zazara Roberto, starring Gaia Weiss and Lorenzo Richling. Uh, this one's on Shudder. I have no idea what it's about, so check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. In the meantime... You have to educate Miss Monica by way of me because she's not here. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Um, I am a hot young college student who is in a bit of a jilted relationship with my girlfriend. Uh, we're in a same-sex relationship, by the way. Uh, I got a little, had a little too much fun at a, at a party and met a handsome young man and decided I would get some revenge sex on her ass by having uh, sex with a dude in the back of his car. It wasn't... A hundred percent consensual, but it still went down, and I was okay with it. And uh, turns out, I got myself a, a case of the creepy crawlies in the downstairs area. If you understand what I'm saying, and uh, goddamn, if I ain't falling apart <laughs> at the seams after this goddamn thing, I am of course contracted. That was a great show, man. I love that movie. Um, fresh take on the zombie thing, you know. Well, we don't we don't know she's a zombie till the very end. But just her being such a snatch, the whole movie, and being a right bitch bag to everybody in the movie as she's falling apart. Uh, If I did have one complaint about it, though, it's that she never actually goes and gets anything looked at. She goes to the the gynecologist, but later on we find out, in the second movie, we find out that he's uh, not quite... uh, Uh, what we think he is, I guess, so to speak. All right, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am not a cheating wife, but I am willing to entertain the notion, especially when my ex-boyfriend comes back into town periodically. Uh, I'm going to have to hook up with him in some abandoned factory. I hope there isn't something else in this abandoned factory when I'm trying to go behind my husband's back and get my freak on that's going to fuck up my whole life and turn me into something uh, pretty unsavory and possibly have me masturbating in front of the bedroom window for no reason. Who might I be uh, next week, my friends? Tune in and I will drop some knowledge on you. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining me. Sorry about the solo show and the, sh- the short show, I realize. Uh, not a lot to talk about with uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Who'd have thought, right? Join me next week, oh, you motherfuckers, for Poultrygeist. 
Miss Monica better get her fucking ass in here for this one. I am not doing this one by myself. That's a, that's a two and a half hour movie, Poultry Geist. You understand that? That's two and a half hours of Lloyd Co- Lloyd Kaufman uh, beating off, pretty much, and uh, musical numbers in that one also. For fuck's sake, uh, Poultry Geist next week. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps my visibility quite a bit. If you feel like contributing a little more. Uh, paddedroom.podbean.com. There's a Patreon link right there for you. You click on that guy, it'll take you to Patreon. $5 donation gets you control of the month of June, plus a Padded Room t-shirt, plus a Padded Room travel mug, and as much hardcore pornography as I can shove into your package. I probably should have worded that differently now that I listened to it coming out of my mouth. Uh, So for that, my friends, thank you again for Miss Monica in absentia, Buddy in absentia, Killer Produce, Food and Horror Month, which is something I have to do now, um, Board Games, uh, Early Releases, Spirit Halloween Store, and the Spirit of Halloween for the entire fall season, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Vampires, who may or may not enjoy snacking on uh, Cheating Wives, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.